When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Need to get this one out of my system today. It's about a positive thing, but it's about a positive thing that's really bugged me for a better part of this season. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates where you found this. Penguins versus Winnipeg tonight. 7.08 p.m. face-off. I will be there. I don't miss Winnipeg nights, whether they are here or there or anywhere. The Penguins had a practice yesterday in Cranberry. The Jets had a game last night in Buffalo, winning 4-2 on 38 saves by Connor Hellebuck. Uh, the good part of that is that Hellebuck played, which would lead one to believe that David Riddich could be the goaltender tonight for Winnipeg. If so, Let's just say that there aren't many goaltenders who aren't a major step down from Hellebuck, and that would be a positive for the Penguins. Jason Zucker has been a big positive for the Penguins. He's what I want to talk about. He's the positive. He's the guy. If you go back to the game in Tempe, Arizona against the Coyotes, the Penguins really needed to end a six-game losing streak. They didn't want to fly all the way to Montreal uh, for Chris Letang's father's funeral and then you know face him on a seven-game losing streak. And they talked about they wanted to win one for him. They wanted to they, – they really needed to kind of turn things around. And it was Zucker who did that maybe more than anyone else on the rink. Really just got the legs going, barked like crazy, and all of a sudden – you started to see the Penguins do their thing, right? Other night against Vancouver, uh, the Canucks get up 3-0 in the first seven minutes. Casey DeSmith couldn't stop anything. And yet, at the same time, the team wasn't all that great around him. So what ends up changing things? Well, Mike Sullivan obviously changes his goaltender, goes to Dustin Tokarski, and coincidence or not, the Penguins start playing better. But upon closer inspection, it really was Zucker, who was getting it done. He was getting it done from the scoring standpoint. He was getting it done physically, knocking Connor Garland into the next century with a completely clean check. And he was getting it done verbally, chatted up a storm. And at this point, you might be guessing where I'm going with all this, because why? Why is this necessary? Why is Sullivan as comfortable as he seems to be when he now says uh, repeatedly that Zucker is one of those guys who can drag us into the fight? Drag us into the fight. Remember, he brought that up initially about a month ago after that win over the Rangers. Really, really flat start. Zucker dragged us into the fight. Why is anyone, including, by the way, the head coach, 
needed to drag the team into the fight. Because if you have that answer, I'm guessing you also have the answer as to why this team starts so painfully slow. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. Find out how $1 can be turned into five full meals. For those in need, visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. It's not just within games. It's not just the first minute or two of games, although you've seen the Penguins concede a bunch of those types of goals. It's the first minute of periods. It's the first minute after they come out of the locker room. Somebody needs to get them going. Somebody needs to drag them into the fight. And that's that's a thing, you know? That's the kind of thing that'll really burn you in a best-of-seven playoff series unless you figure out a way around it. Now, I know that there's some low-hanging fruit here. Yeah, there are a bunch of old guys, and they're all geriatric, and they come out on their walkers and their wheelchairs, and they're, they need somebody to come and poke them because they're 900 years old. And, and look, I'm sure there's some truth to that. It is an older roster. There's nowhere to run or hide from that. But is there really not another way? For this team to get going unless 16 is yelling at you or he's flying around the rink doing things to wake you up? That's a situation. I'm sorry. I don't even put that on on coaches. I know people like to do that. Everything about hockey is motivation, and motivation always originates with the head coach. Well, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Motivation has to come from within. And if you're a younger player, particularly if you're a role player, And when I say younger, I'm not referring, obviously, to very young players, since the Penguins don't have any of those, but younger, like Teddy Bluger or so forth, uh, or role guys like Ryan Paling, Josh Archibald, and they're healthy, Brock McGinn, Dan Heinen, uh, Kasperi Kapanen. I I mean, you see that I'm purposely skipping Jeff Carter out of that that whole bottom six group, because there's just no chance of him providing any kind of spark to anything at this stage of his career. But I'm going to say this in the, well, the, the most blunt way that I can. This bottom six right now, to me, is the difference, and not in a good way, between this being a team that's just kind of okay and is going to win more than it loses and it'll get into the playoffs, and it's got no chance after that. It's not going to be one of the better teams in the conference. It's certainly not going to be a team that's playing in late May. Because they don't have that, and they can't manufacture it. They can't even manufacture it within that bottom six. They instead wait for the second-line left winger to get them going. That should be happening from someone who's on the depth chart or the line chart where McGinn is. McGinn should be one of those guys. Teddy kind of used to be one of those guys. I think Teddy's still in mourning over not having Zach Aston Reese and Brandon Tanev and whatever, and Teddy's got to get over it. They got to have Archibald back. They got to have Paling back. 
And I don't know really what to think about Kapanen. And he, he's going to pop a couple of goals here and there, but he's not going to get you going or anything like that. This, to me, is becoming a more and more isolated issue. Easily isolated at that. And it's not going to be solved from within. It's just not. When we come back, J1Q. J1Q comes from Matt, who says, DK, your Thursday podcast about the inconsistency of Casey DeSmith led me to this question. We spend a lot of time talking about the inconsistency of the Penguins players or the Penguins team as a whole from night to night. Do you think hockey as a sport leads to more inconsistency than football or baseball? And if so, why? I love this question. With all my heart, Matt, I I just want to get that out of the way first. As someone who covers all three of the major sports in Pittsburgh, I can tell you that there's only one that ever, ever, ever brings up effort. It's only hockey. In hockey, if you lose, even if it's a 5-4 game or or whatever, you know, one nothing. Chances are really, really good, probably about 90% that you're going to be able to go in that locker room and hear at least one player refer to something that's related to effort. Whereas I can go into the Steelers room and never hear a syllable about it. Why? Because everything is just max effort. It's just who we are. You never hear them say the other guys just wanted it more than us. Okay? Try to think of the last time you heard that in football, not just with the Steelers, with any team. And baseball is more of a specialized precision sport. Uh, You can have a night where a team looks lethargic at the plate because they're not having great approaches, uh, because they're not taking enough pitches, working deeper into counts. And you can have certain situations where someone might not lay out for a fly ball or a line drive, or they won't be taking extra bases when they're there. But... Even then, even then, you don't hear about effort. You'll hear, we just didn't have it tonight, or it wasn't our night, or that pitcher was really on. In hockey, it's it's almost everything after a loss. We didn't work hard enough. We needed to do this. We needed to go harder to the net. You'll hear that term a lot too. Harder, harder, harder. Well, what does that imply? Effort. It's all about effort. Sidney Crosby, who has one of the great minds for this sport in the history of this sport, will still be one of those people after a game who will say afterward, we just didn't, you know, we didn't go hard enough. We didn't, you know, we didn't, uh, you know, put out what they did. They they looked like they were after it a lot more than we, we were, and we're going to have to go that much harder the next time out. Only in hockey. You won't hear them say something like, well, I mean, rarely. You'll hear it occasionally, but something like, you know what? They had us really mesmerized with that uh, stringing four guys across their blue line, and we didn't really have an answer for it. What we really needed to do was to 
find a way to just, you know, chip and chase past them and, and do this tactically. No, it's just, we just didn't play hard enough. So you're so used to hearing it. I'm so used to hearing it. Everyone's so used to hearing it, or in their case, saying it, that it just becomes kind of accepted. And that's the reason, and this is the context in which I'll usually bring up this conversation myself. That's the reason that NHL head coaches last about as long as a pair of underwear. They're moved around constantly. Everyone knows they can coach. That's why you keep seeing Peter DeBoer show up at this city or that city or wherever, because everyone knows he can coach. Everyone also knows that eventually the voice gets a little bit stale, and there's only so many different ways you can tell people to play harder. And to try to tie this into the opening segment, Sullivan is smart enough to know that his voice can only be heard on that front so many times. He will use Todd Reardon. He will use his assistant coaches. He'll work with the team's leadership group, including Sid, and say, hey, I'm not making it through. I'm not penetrating these helmets here. I need your help. But ultimately, if you have this problem across the board, and it happens all the time, and now I'm not talking about your general inconsistencies, I'm going back to the slow starts, then you just got to have different players. You've got to have different players. This team needs a bottom six makeover. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. We'll do another one of these on Monday. Thank you.